Welcome to the Not All Better Show on radio and podcast. I'm Paul Vogelsang. Today's show is brought to you by Elysium Health and Kachava. And we have returning guest, absolute fan favorite on the Not Old Better Show, New York Times best-selling author and soon-to-be Hollywood movie mogul Mark Graney. As part of our Art of Living author interview series here on radio and podcast, our guest today is Mark Graney. The Not Old Better Show audience will know Mark Graney from his work in Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan universe, or his best-selling Gray Man series. And in just another week or two, a new book titled Armored is on sale. And Armored has already been optioned by Hollywood for another smash action film. It's a huge hit already. Armored features a new cast of characters, different from the Gray Man series, isn't part of the Gray Man series, nor is Court Gentry a part of the story. Armored is amazing. It's non-stop action. I just loved reading it. I love all of Mark Graney's books, as you all know. But with Mark Graney's ever-present humanity and wit, this book has many twists and turns, and the plot is complex but rewarding for all of those reasons. All this is to say, this is a readable thriller. And you'll be on the edge of your seat just as I was. I loved Armored by Mark Rainey. Our guest today, of course, New York Times bestselling author, first published The Gray Man, Mark Rainey did, in 2009, and it became a national bestseller and a highly sought-after Hollywood property. We're going to talk about that a lot today. Now, there are 11 novels in the New York Times bestselling Gray Man series. Netflix is releasing in theaters and streaming the film adaptation of the Gray Man series starring Ryan Gosling as Court Gentry, a.k.a. the Gray Man. The villain is played by Chris Evans, Regé Jean Page, and the Russo brothers have produced, and Regé Jean Page is starring, the $200 million Netflix film is the largest ever from Netflix. It'll be in theaters on July 15th, and you will see the start of all of the streaming a week later on Netflix. We're talking new books, Armored, Netflix, blockbuster film, spycraft, action, and much more today with New York Times best-selling author Mark Graney. Please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better Show on radio and podcast, our author interview series, New York Times best-selling author of The Gray Man and his latest book, Armored, author Mark Graney. All right. I got to let you know, this is my first interview for this book, and I'm always, it's always <laughs> like, it's always like, oh, I'm always like, oh, crap, what was this one about? Uh, but I I, did, I spent so much time with this one. I, I should be I should be OK. I mean, I'm, I've literally like him through my books before the first interview of other books before, because you're usually, you know, finished another one by the time this one comes out. So it's uh, should be OK, because this this book took me forever to write. So I, I, I should know it pretty well. OK, OK, well, we'll just we'll just do this in a way that makes it uh, all work right well for you yeah yeah well mark rainey it is great to talk to you again i uh am always so pleased to read the books and i tell you i'm thrilled to be talking to you so welcome back to the program paul it's always great to be back thank you for having me it's especially great to talk to you now you've got so much going on this year we'll get into that but um I want to talk about Armored, your new book. I love the Gray Man series, man. I just uh, look forward to those books coming out. But Armored, uh, you know, another action thriller, is got a group of, of some different characters. You know, you've got Red Metal, and you've got this new franchise with Armored. 
as I say, you are one busy guy, but maybe <laughs> just give us a glimpse into Armored, the, the story and characters. I don't want to give away too much, but they are new. So maybe tip, tip us off a little bit as to who we can look for. Yeah, um, it's funny. Armored was something I started trying to write as a screenplay about 11 years ago. I remember it was 2011 and I kept shelving it because I had so much other stuff to do. But it was this thing ruminating in the back of my head and it just got bigger and bigger. And so finally I had the opportunity to write it as a novel. It's a story about uh, a man named Josh Duffy and his wife, Nicole, and their family. He is a uh, uh, a private military contractor, former private military contractor who's wounded on the job and uh, takes a job as a mall cop in Virginia. But he's the family is having all sorts of financial problems and they're going through a tough time. So he reluctantly takes a job with the uh, the worst private military corporation on Earth, um, a group called Armored Saint. And they're they're doing a job down in Mexico. So Josh has to go and lead a team down there on on what everyone is saying is going to be a suicide run. So it's a big action adventure with uh, a lot of sort of depth and heart in there as well. Well, I I live here in Virginia and I I live really very close to McLean. I live very close to Tyson's Mm -hmm. um, where Duff, Josh uh, Duffy, you know, kind of lives and works. I don't know an awful lot. I, I'm going to have to admit this. I don't know an awful lot about these businesses, the private military corps. They're, they're the PMCs. I don't know much about that industry. You always do such a major, amazing research. Your details are fantastic. How did you learn about the PMCs? And maybe tell us about them because, as you say, Armored Saint is kind of the bottom of the barrel among them. Yeah. Um, first off, I'll say that I, yeah, I spent so much time writing this book or thinking about this book. <laughs> um, all the Clancy novels I did, I always found myself up there in McLean, Virginia. That's where CIA, CIA is. And I'd go to the Pentagon and different places and I would just go up there to write. So um, I've been to the Tyson's Galleria, staying in a nearby hotel, <laughs> um, not the Ritz Carlton, mm. which is in the which is in the book. Um, <laughs> so I remember just like you know getting a coffee, walking through the Galleria, going like, "Hey, this is where Duff works." You know, when I someday when I write that book, this is going to be where he works, and then I kind of steered it around uh, that. But uh, as far as the private military co- uh, corporations, I I kind of backed into this story because I started doing training in firearms, uh, as I was writing the gray man, even a little bit before, as I was writing something before the gray man. And I I knew that I needed to know more about, uh, firearms. So I started going to these different firearm schools and they got a little bit more, I got a little bit more in depth with them. And I started going to a, a school in Tennessee, a couple hours from where I live in Memphis. And they train a lot of, uh, private military contractors, uh, there. So I started to, you know, spend a week in the bunkhouse with these guys. Um, the training cadre at the school were all ex PMCs. And so I got to know them and really quickly I started thinking about, Hey, these guys, a book about them and not about the people they protect or not about, you know, but about them as individuals, you know, they all, it's, it's a middle-class blue collar job. It, it just has a gun on their chest and they're going to faraway lands and, and putting themselves in incredible danger. So just the idea of that is, is what, where I got the idea for armored, for armored, I, the company armored saint in the book is not based on any particularly terrible company that's out there. It's just sort of an amalgamation of every, like, you know, 
sad sack war story you hear about people being sent downrange um, with bad information or bad equipment or <laughs> with other bad people. So, uh, you know, I, I just kind of, you know, you always need a villain in your story. And Armored Saint is a, is kind of a bad company that Duff is forced to work with. Yeah, right. I I got a kick out of the Galleria. That's uh, it's our haunt. And, and of course, you mentioned the, the hotel. Remick is the guy that does the interviewing mm. and hires Josh there on the spot. All all great stuff. You also mentioned Tom Clancy, the late Tom Clancy, and you're well known for that partnership. What led to that partnership? And what was your what was your first meeting with Clancy like? The partnership came about because we had the same editor. It's as simple as that. I had written, I had published two books and I turned in my third book. Actually, I think I'd only had the gray man had come out and I had uh, on target was going to come out pretty soon. And I turned in the, uh, the, the manuscript for ballistic, which was the third gray man book. And then um, I hadn't heard anything from my editor for a while. And I wanted on the other ones, he came back and said, oh, I love this book. But I, it was like weeks. And then I was like, gosh, you must really hate it. And it turned out that he was desperately trying to find um, someone to partner with Tom Clancy on his next novel. And uh, the call went to my agent. And my agent called me and he said, are you sitting down? He's like, how would you like to, how would you like to write the, the next Clancy book? And at that moment, um, Tom had co-authored a novel with uh Grant Blackwood. And I was reading that novel like the very day that I got that call. I was uh, I'd read been reading that novel earlier in the day. And so I was amazed by the opportunity, very intimidated by it. But I, I got to go up to Baltimore and meet Tom. And it was this thing where they told me it would be about a 45 minute meet and greet. And, uh, you know, he could be gruff and, you know, just be ready for anything. And it turned out uh, I want to say I was there in his office or having lunch with him for five or six hours. And I just had to go back to the, <laughs> had to go back to BWI and fly back to Memphis because I had a flight. Uh, so I was, I was in there with him and his wife and we spent a really good amount of time talking about all sorts, all the things you would expect, all the things you would want to talk to Tom Clancy about. We would talk about, you know, like jet engines made in France, but used in China or, or whatever. And it was just, it was, it was incredible well spring of of information and, and at no point was it lost on me it's like i'm sitting in freaking tom glancy's office and we're talking about you know the the fifth generation fighters that china's producing or whatever and it was, it was an incredible experience so yeah i did three books with tom before he passed away and then four more uh jack ryan novels his his family asked me to continue writing the series so i did four more my last one was at the end of 2016 and i did seven and six years and i honestly don't know how i do it, did it I, I don't think i could do it now <laughs> well we're happy that you're doing what you're doing the gray man series is is awesome i have really enjoyed armored um the terrain in Armored. I want to talk about Armored for just a second more. The terrain plays the significant element in the story. You know, I'm talking about the mountains, the Sierra Madre, the the Mexico kind of landscape. You, you say you've been writing this one for, for a while, 2011, I think. How do you pick the geography? Do you go visit these places a couple of times? And and do you, you really kind of get into it from um, – kind of the boots on the ground, so to speak, or are you kind of doing this, you know, from afar? Well, it's, it's interesting. I, I, I travel as much as I can and I do as much location research as I, you know, as time allows or, you know, the last couple of years with the pandemic, it's really gotten in the way, as you can imagine. But several years ago, I did go to Mexico 
And my idea was to go, and I've been to 38, 39 countries and many of them developing world nations. And really the the only time I would say that I bit off more than I can chew is when I went to Mexico. I've been to Mexico several times. It's a wonderful place. I would go, you know, I'd get on a plane this afternoon and go if I had time. But this area I went to, um, I didn't want to go to Sinaloa because that's pretty dangerous. Or it, even, it was dangerous then, as dangerous if not more now. But I went to Nayarit, which is just south of Sinaloa, and I went up to the very, very northern tip of Nayarit. I wanted to like literally be like, you know, yards away from Sinaloa. And then I got there and it was a really kind of dark, heavy scene. I mean, it's essentially they're in the midst of a civil war. There were Mexican marine roadblocks everywhere. People looked at you with suspicion. You're this, you know, American guy with a backpack who speaks Spanish, but isn't fooling anybody (laughs) and is 6'3 and 230 pounds or something. And, uh, and and I really did get this sort of heavy vibe, like, what are you doing here? This isn't, you know, tourists don't come here. And, and I went down to Jalisco to Guadalajara, and I did the research there, and I've spent uh, a good amount of time in Mexico City. It was, I say all that to say I did not go to the Western Sierra Mountains. It's an incredibly da- dangerous region, but I, I've always benefited in my career of reading travel bi- biographies written by young people with no sense, <laughs> who, do, who do not have common sense. And I, I, Just I hate to say that about somebody because I'm going to drop a name, but I mean, let's be honest. Sure. Yeah, there's, yeah. A guy who wrote, there's a guy who wrote a book uh, called, um, I think it's called God's Middle Finger. He's a British guy. <laughs> I think he was in his 20s. And he said, hey, everybody's talking about these drug cartels in Western Mexico. I thought I'd just sort of go there by myself and walk around and see what that's all about. And of course, he was almost killed and it was very scary. But he also met some incredible, wonderful people. And it, it's a really, really good you know, nonfiction account of what it's like there. But I've read that book five times over the last 10 years. And every time I find something new and I, I get so excited by it, I want to um, you know, integrate more things about the Tarahumara, which is an indigenous people there, and put all that in the story because, you know, it's a rich, beautiful part of the, the world that's kind of shut off to us these days. Um, so, but that was the research that I did is I, I let somebody else um, <laughs> do the dangerous part. And I and I ended up getting in a little more danger than I thought I was going to uh, by going to the northern Nayarit, but everything turned out okay. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that you, you do give some... Um you know, credit, some reference, uh, some respect, I suppose, to local indigenous people. That That's really a, a wonderful part always of, of uh, how you do things and a, and a really nice part of this book, Armored. You also give your characters this the, these vulnerabilities and Duff is all, already one of my, my favorites right up there with Court. What is it that makes him tick and, and why vulnerabilities? Why add that to a character's, uh, you know, kind of traits? You know, I don't know why I do it, but apparently I do it more than some other people. And and I think I think I have vulnerabilities. And, you know, I grew up in the 80s and uh, there were movies about these just, you know, uber killers like Commando or Predator or something like that. And then there were also stories like Lethal Weapon, where Martin Riggs, Mel Gibson's character is hanging on by a thread mentally or Die Hard, where Bruce Willis's character is this cool, tough guy, but he's in so far over his head. Like the whole book, the whole film is about him, you know, just be barefoot and bloody and just, you know, getting from one thing to the next. So I think I've, I've always been drawn to that in armored. Um, Josh Duffy has a couple of things going against him. Um, 
you know, I don't think you read a lot of books about like your, where your hero is, you know, about to declare bankruptcy and, you know, can't pay, can't pay for medicine for his kids and stuff like that. But but that's where we find him. Um, he's uh, injured badly in, in his in at, at the opening of the book. And then uh, the, the main part of the book takes place three years later when he's working as a as a mall security. But that is one of his vulnerabilities, his injury and his financial situation. But also, I think it's a vulnerability that he's not a born leader. He's a pretty passive, nice, easygoing guy that does what people tell tell him to do. And when he takes this job for Armored Saint, he is very to much to his surprise. He's given this opportunity to be a team leader for the first time in his career. So he's gone from not being even in the business for the last three years to suddenly running a, a, a gun truck and a crew of guys. And so there's a lot of vulnerability there because all the other guys on the team have more military experience with, than him. And um, it's hard to be a, you know, just a leader like in, in a situation like that. We'll be right back with author Mark Greeny on his new book, Armored. You won't want to miss the rest of this interview. Hi, it's Paul. As I mentioned, today's episode is brought to you by Elysium Health. All of us in the Not Old Better Show audience know well that as we age, our cells age right along with us. Cellular aging, often referred to as cellular senescence or when bad things happen to good cells, you know, there is now substantial evidence from the National Institutes of Health, NIH, that cellular senescence has been connected to a multitude of age-related conditions, including cancer, diabetes, osteoporosis, cardiovascular disease, stroke, Alzheimer's disease, and related dementias and osteoarthritis. This is a big list. NAD+, we're going to talk about that in just a second. We're going to get a little clinical here, but NAD+, is a helper molecule that exists inside each of your cells and supports many aspects of healthy aging. My experience with Elysium and Basis is workout-based, meaning when I worked out, after using Elysium Basis supplement, my recovery is fast. The next day, I'm back, excited to exercise and ready, and my body feels great. Basis by Elysium Health is the most trusted source for NAD Plus supplementation. Their product, Basis, is clinically proven to increase levels of NAD Plus by 40% safely and sustainably. It's important to me that Elysium products target aging at its source. They're unlike any other health company I've seen, and they're at the forefront of NAD plus supplementation. They have dozens of the world's best scientists. Eight of them are Nobel Prize winners. It was founded by renowned researcher Dr. Leonard Garante, who has studied the science of aging for more than 30 years. So I know I can trust them. You can too. NAD Plus is found in every single cell of your body and is responsible for creating energy and regulating hundreds of cell functions. But NAD Plus levels decline as you age, lack of sleep, intense exercise, unbalanced diet, and sun overexposure also deplete NAD Plus levels. Decreased NAD plus levels are linked to faster biological aging and can slow down vital body functions. Basis from Elysium Health replenishes youthful levels of NAD plus to promote healthy aging, support cellular energy and metabolism, and reduce general tiredness to keep you feeling good for longer. Many Basis customers also report 
experiencing higher energy, less fatigue, and more satisfying workouts. Basis is third-party tested by independent labs both during and after manufacture for purity and quality and is independently verified as NSF certified for sport. So not only does it support recovery for my workouts, but it reduces general tiredness and fatigue. It promotes healthy skin, but not hair and nails, and it offers general health and wellness benefits. So go to trybasis.com slash not old better and enter not old better at checkout to save 10% off basis prepaid plans as well as other Elysium health supplements. That's trybasis.com slash not old better and use not old better at checkout to save 10%. We'll have all of this spelled out in our show notes today, but thank you Elysium health for sponsoring this episode. I mentioned our sponsor today is Kachava, and I want to tell you all about Kachava, which is my all-in-one daily super blend. If you're worried you aren't getting all the nutrients you need or struggling to stay on top of your health, then listen up because Kachava has you covered. Kachava puts everything your body needs in one glass so you can have it all. All of us in the Not All Better Show audience know we need these superfoods as we age. We need all the vitamins, all the omegas, all the adaptogens, all the greens, all the protein, and all the benefits for your gut, for your skin, your hair, your brain, your muscles, and your heart, your whole health, especially as we age. No more compromise, no more guilt. No other nutrition shake does all this. The Kachava team traveled to the ends of the earth to source all the vitamins and crush it up. Kachava is a powder. You take two scoops, just add water, blend it up, and it tastes incredible. They have five delicious flavors. I really love the chocolate and vanilla, but chai is great too, and I've added it to my personal favorites. Look, I'm recording this first thing this morning, and I've already had my kachava for breakfast. Yesterday, I did the same, and it kept me full for hours. There's just no way I could get all these nutrients with my normal diet. Again, as we age, dear Not Old Better Show audience, we need this special blend of nutrients. Trying to manage all the supplements and ingredients you should be taking, it's overwhelming and expensive, but now... Kachava makes clean, organic, superfood nutrition accessible to everyone. Listen, I'll tell you, I'm loving Kachava, and you've got to go try Kachava for yourself. And right now, for a limited time, Kachava is offering 10% off to our Not Old Better Show audience. Go to kachava.com slash better. That's Kachava, spelled K-A-C-H-A-V-A dot com slash better. All this will be in our show notes. but. Go to kachava.com and get 10% off your first order. That's kachava.com slash better. Thanks, everybody. And now back to our interview with New York Times bestselling author of the new action thriller book, Armored. Hey, Mark, I want to talk to you a little bit more about Armored because I understand that Sony has picked up Armored and has secured the rights for a movie version. Do I have that right? You do have that right, yeah. Congratulations on, a, on another win there. Thank you. What can you tell us at this point about the project? Yeah, I mean, there's not a ton to tell at this point about Armored. It, it, so it was optioned by Sony a year ago, and they are, um, I guess, at the script stage still. And the producers are Michael Bay and Erwin Stoff, and everybody knows who Michael Bay is, and everybody knows Erwin Stoff's movies, um, Edge of Tomorrow, um, gosh, I think the matrix, I think he's done a bunch of big stuff and, um, I'm real excited. You know, I had conversations with them and, 
And I just knew that the the story was in good hands. We took we talked about, you know, not just the action, not just the big explosions, but also the dynamic between Duff and his wife, who's who's a very strong character in this book and very sort of non-cliched. She's not the uh, the woman at, at home, ring, you know, taking care of the kids and wringing her hands while her husband is downrange. She's very much uh, she's a former army officer and she's very much sort of running a, a portion of the show over the phone from from, you know, from back in Virginia. So uh, I think that the producers understood that I that idea of the story. And we talked about where the story could go after this. And, uh, yeah, we made a deal. So as has been my experience in Hollywood, um, nothing happens really fast unless you're like super, super lucky. And uh, so who, who knows how long it'll take? Um, it took, I guess, 13 years for Gray Man to uh, to, to, to show up on the screen. And I'm still lucky that it happened that fast. I'll tell you, we were lucky, too. I'm looking forward to Gray Man showing up on the screen. I mean, this is this is going to be huge. It's it's really just about upon us, too. You've got Ryan Gosling as Court Gentry, uh, the gray man. Uh, Chris Evans will be the villain. Regis on page. Um, you know, something for everybody. My wife's going to love that. The Russo brothers <laughs> directing 200 million from Netflix will be in theaters too. I guess I could go on and on, but what was it like to turn your book into a movie? That's had That had to have been a great experience. And now we're just, we're at the finish line here, Mark. Yeah, it's it it's been a great experience. And honestly, when I'm when I met the Russo brothers back in 2014, ever since that moment, you know, I felt really strongly that they were the ones to do it. Um, it they they wrote a script. They actually wrote the script, and uh, it kind of fell by the wayside at Sony. And uh, the Russo brothers were kind of out of it for a few years. And I was very depressed about that because I I felt like you know these were the guys that really needed to make this film. And then they got back involved and uh, when it went to Netflix and they sent me the script right as they started shooting last year um, because the script had changed, you know, changed here and there over the years. And I, once I read the shooting script, I, I remember telling my wife, it's like, I don't need to see the movie. It's like it, everything is taken. Everything's taken care of here. It's like I'm a writer and I, and I get most of my sort of visualization through books and I'm, I'm like, this is perfect. This is it's a really good, you know, it's probably 70 percent of the Gray Man book with 30 percent of new stuff and different stuff. A lot of it is setting things up for late for turning this into a franchise with more with more uh, issues out. There's been there's so many Gray Man novels, you know, to choose from. So they 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 introduce some characters that don't actually come in until later in the series. They introduce them at the beginning and they, they made a lot of smart decisions. But uh Having only read the script, I haven't seen the film yet. I'm I'm a hundred percent, you know, confident in it because the script really is fantastic. Yeah, well, twelve books now into the series of the Gray Man, right? Get twelve of them out. I'm writing the twelfth right now. So you're writing 11, the twelfth. Let's okay. say eleven point five. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> yeah, lots to look forward to. But um, July fifteenth is the release date at theaters, and then streaming. So. Um, Boy, audience, check out the Gray Man books if you haven't already. Look forward. Put Circle July 15th on your calendars, uh, streaming on Netflix a week later. Lots of exciting stuff. Well, Mark, I, I've had a chance to talk to you a, a little bit over the past couple of years, and I've just enjoyed those conversations. You're so grounded. You're such a, a good guy. I'll just take you back a little bit. You, you live in Memphis. Mm -hmm. You were a poli-sci major in college. You sold computer parts. You're a bartender, a drummer in a band. I love that part <laughs> of your, your background. And 
I know from talking to you that this just has given you great depth, you know, as a person and as a writer. Do, do your characters find themselves over some time, over these 11.5, you know, books? Are they finding themselves and, and growing as people? Yeah, I want them to. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. From a literary standpoint, you want your characters to end end each book, you know, in a different place than where they started it. And then as you end up writing this big series. When I wrote Gray Man, I wasn't thinking about book two. I was just desperately trying to get published. Um, so I didn't have this big plan. I remember having a conversation with Tom Clancy once asking him how how far he thought out the, the Jack Ryan story. And he thought it out a really long way. Like he, as he was telling me, I'm like, wow, anybody else, I would think they were just, you know, lying at this point because it, it was so depth. But he was so uh, in depth with the ideas that he had from the very beginning. I wasn't like that. I was just trying to get a book out. So I I didn't think about a longer st- uh, character arc at that point. But it's just fun as you know, as you're writing, when things are going well, when you're writing, you just learn things about your characters and, and just start to integrate them into the story. So my hero in the Gray Man series, Port Gentry, um, I've, I've gone back in time in, in the most recent book. So you can see him at, at his earliest point uh, in, so far in the series. And you see how much he's changed. Um, his worldview has changed his, uh, you know, his feelings about relationships, his ve- feelings about his own sort of paranoia or mortality all those things develop over time and um and i like to find that in the characters because i i will start writing a book and i'll have a secondary character who's an important part of that book and i will just start writing them and i don't know them i i don't have it all planned out and i'll just i'll be like well let's find out who this woman is you know throughout throughout the course of the book and then by the end you know exactly who she is so when you go back and edit it you can sort of uh you know clean it clean up the earlier parts where she's a little bit more of a stick figure and and not so fully developed so it's a fun part of the job to kind of uh investigate the psychology of different people in different walks of life well, Mark, this is a, a family show. Absolutely, we got we got grandparents, and you know, there's people my age. There's uh, grandchildren, of course, the children of many in our audience. You're very much a family guy, and your dad uh, was a journalism legend in news and public affairs, general manager for television, and and a lot more. What would your dad say about all this writing, your success, the films? Now, was he? Was he a tough critic, you know, at moments in, in, uh, at different times? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, honestly my one regret about anything is that I didn't get published before my dad passed away because he was so um, he and I both loved Tom Clancy. He read novels all the time. He got me involved in reading nonfiction when I was younger and then fiction. He was uh, an infantry sergeant in the Second World War. So, you know, we had all the memorabilia and stuff around the house. And, and that was a big part of my growing up and my fascination with history. And he was all part of that. And we would talk about uh, ideas because he knew I liked to write and he would see something, you know, he would cut something out of the newspaper and hand it to me and, and be like, Oh, this is pretty interesting. And so we did have conversations about writing. And shortly before he died, I was close to finishing my first book, which, which was never published, nor was my second, nor was my third, but you know, I, I hadn't finished anything. And uh, and I basically told him the entire story of the book. I spent like an hour and a half on a Saturday afternoon basically giving him the whole story. And he was really fascinated by it, asked a lot of questions. And uh, it would have been really fun for him to 
be around the, the the negative, and I I mean this with all sincerity. The probably the first five or six years I was a published author, even when I was working with Clancy, my dad had this mentality that you've got to have a fallback job. He would have hated me. <laughs> I I quit my job to be a writer right at the beginning, right when I got sort of a two book deal. Not that it was a lot of money; it was just a lot to write, <laughs> and I didn't have time mm-hmm. to, to work eight hours a day. And I just I remember saying, if my father was still alive, he would be he would literally just be apoplectic right now. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I wish he was here and, and I, I'd love to, I would love to share it with him. Not that I needed to prove anything to him. It's just like, I think it, he would have gotten a, a real kick out of everything that's happened. Yeah. My dad was Air Force and he loved to read and uh, I love to read to this day. I, I, I especially love this family part of you. I think it just, it comes through in, in all of your work. I, I agree. You do. You have to yeah. commit, you know, at, at some point. And, and yeah. uh, I think that that's an important um Step to take in, in kind of the transition. Yeah. Well, final question for you, Mark um, Grania, because I, I know you are super busy and we are so fortunate to be talking to you. You know, weapons, tactical training, scuba, everything in between. You, you literally, you believe in experiencing what you write about. So tell us what are some of the latest toys that, uh, you know, some of the new gear you can share with us that are going to appear in, in kind of book 12. We're, we're, what, what's caught your attention? Well, hmm, let me think about that. I mean, I had the incredible experience, uh, such a unique experience that last September I got to fly backseat in an F-18, uh, U.S. Navy wow. F-18, and we got to wow. go Mach 1, and we got to do like bombing oh. runs, uh, actually cannon runs. We did. We weren't armed because there was a civilian on board, but uh, our wingman was uh, had cannons and was, was shooting at targets out near <laughs> Hattiesburg. Mississippi at, at a big range mm. and uh, got to go out over the ocean and uh, just did six and a half G's. It was just an incredible experience. And the whole time I was like, I can't believe I'm getting to do this. <laughs> I'm definitely going to work that in a later book. Probably not a gray man book, although I'd love to find, uh, I think, finding court in, in a behind the you know stick of a fighter plane with really no idea what to do would be kind of a, a funny uh, thing to, <laughs> to write. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, Probably some new uh, firearms. I just bought a, um, a Scorpion Micro, which is a small like submachine gun. Um, it's not a machine gun; it's a single single fire because I'm a civilian. But it's a little short barrel rifle, and um, I'm using that a lot. And it's going to work itself into books, I'm sure. I, I got a a new everyday carry handgun, a, a six hour P365 uh, XL. I already had the 365, but I wanted the bigger one, and I put a uh, a weapon optic on that. So it's got a, a, a reticle, uh, like a um, holographic uh, reticle on it instead of regular sights. And so I'll probably jazz up quartz um, equipment <laughs> as the story goes on. And honestly, I'm getting older, so I need, I need bigger sights. And uh, I guess he's, I guess he's getting older, although I'm not aging him at the same uh, rate I'm aging myself uh, <laughs> because I don't have to. <laughs> Oh man, I I am just grinning thinking about you flying in that that jet fighter because that would have been that would have been an experience of a lifetime. I yeah, jumped sure. when I turned sixty. I jumped with the Golden Knights just as a tandem, wow. but I went down to North Carolina, and that was a thrill of a life for oh, me too. Yeah. Those guys just they know how to do it right. You know, they just they're just thorough and yeah. competent, sharp, and so uh, that must have been a lot of fun for you. 
I don't see myself ever jumping out of an airplane and I've actually been invited yeah, to do yeah, it before. Sure. And I'm like, like, okay, that's the, that's the bridge too far. I will <laughs> scuba dive with sharks. I'll do all sorts of things. I'll go to Algeria. I'll do whatever. But, uh, I jumping out of an airplane seems, uh, like it's a bit beyond my comfort zone. Oh yeah. It was a little beyond mine too, but you know, those guys just make you feel so, uh, safe and they are just so thorough in their training. But, mm-hmm. um, Again, Mark Rainey, our guest today, author of the new book, Armored, got the new film coming out July 15th, Then it's going to be streamed on Netflix. Boy, so many good things to um, to be doing right now, Mark, and, and congrats on all of it. And my best to you and your family, your kids, your dogs. Um, it sounds like things are things are really going well, and, and I'm so happy for you and happy to have this chance to talk to you again. Always invite you back, and we'd love to talk more at some point when you get more books. So thank you. Thanks a lot, Paul. I always enjoy coming on. I appreciate it. My thanks to New York Times bestselling author Mark Graney. Mark Graney's new book, Armored, will be available soon wherever you find your books. We have Mark Graney today. It's the first interview he has done. You'll find Mark Graney's books on Apple Books. My thanks to you, my dear Not Old Better Show audience, for your company today. I hope you'll join me next time. Be safe, be healthy, and please keep in mind that we want to be kind to one another. Remember, let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show on radio and podcast. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.